so some shit's happened um today literally today right before this uh right before we started recording and we felt it was important even though this is a very ridiculous goof goof silly show to acknowledge hashtag speaking out acknowledge the victims of everything that's gone on right now and basically let other people know what they could do uh because that's kind of where i've been for the past month is knowing like what can i straight white boy from alabama do and so i I think at this point especially with speaking out for all of you out there retweet the stories make sure the names are out there so we know what's going on because I, i i even saw someone earlier today be like oh i don't know what's happened so it's not relevant to me then at that point you could be supporting a scumbag and not even know it. So it is important, even though I know we on this show in the past have talked greatly about David Starr or guys like Jimmy Havoc, Hager. We've not talked that positively about Jim Cornette, but even then, yeah, people need to know. We don't really know. talk that positively about Hager that much, right? Yeah, we don't. but like... The stories are important. They need to get out there. In addition, if you'd like, you could donate to a place like Rain, or uh, which is an amazing charity that helps with uh, sheltered women in abuse relationships. Um, and just make sure to keep your mind sharp. Make sure you keep knowing what's going on so you don't end up supporting scumbags and making sure that people feel safe. Because in the world of pro wrestling, it can be very easy for it to turn into a world of abuse and toxic masculinity. Hell, the owner of the biggest wrestling company in the world is a megalomaniac toxic masculine asshole. And we can't let this thing that we're all here because we love so much, we can't let it get destroyed thanks to dickheads like everything. So I I think just to start this show, we want to thank everyone who's come out with their stories uh and just admire their bravery so much we love you we support you and we see you that being said let's make some dick jokes Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm your host, the bad boy of podcasting himself, Scotty Moore. I'm uh, Mr. Can't-get-a-word-gen edgewise himself, Blake Tanner. A word? A word-gen edgewise. A word-gen edgewise. Uh, that's probably why I can't get a word in edgewise, because I can't say them. <laughs> I am slowly watching the self-destruction of the British wrestling scene, the Dylan. And welcome to it. Yeah, so wrestling happened, but before we get to wrestling, I believe Dylan does have some thoughts. All right, so the thing that started all of this, uh, David Starr and his non-consensual relationship, very bad. He did no favors to himself, but, you know, that's neither here nor, well, it is here nor there, but for what I want to talk about, it's more about the consequences of the accusations and what him being a scumbag earlier on robbed us of now is David Starr for all these shitty things he's done. And apparently the shitty person he, he is, was having a important impact on professional wrestling. His work for we, the independent had gained you know, a lot of notice, a lot of traction. He 
was unironically referred to as the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling. Like he was the face of trying to unionize, and that's unfortunately been very hampered now. But not only that, but going back to, you know, the idea of Vince McMahon, that kind of toxic masculinity, that idea of, you know, capitalism kind of consuming and snuffing out British wrestling, that was David Starr's whole character, the best feud in over-the-top wrestling, like one of the be- the best match I saw during all of this. What got me back into watching was David Starr versus Jordan Devlin, unfortunately another person uh, caught up in these accusations accused of, of very terrible things. Um, and, like, that was what got me got me into it because i saw a man who like had the whole crowd in the palm of his hand due to his promos cutting against the idea of corporate coming into the indies the idea that we talk about all the time of wwe trying to ruin independent wrestling so he like that idea that stance that he was doing is going to largely be lost now even though despite it being you know like a wrestling gimmick it is an important idea and something that needed to be there in one way or another and like now it can't be and it's going to it can't be really talked about either it can't be brought up as an example like he did impressive promos for over the top uh he was going to have that match against moxley where he talked about how mox's paradigm shift was a lie and you know all of that because he hadn't really changed anything he'd just gone from one big company to another and like stuff like that needs to be talked about needs to be brought up you know by wrestlers in angles cuz that's how people see them we're not going to get that anymore. And I think that was what, outside of, like, you know, the obvious, that people had to suffer through this, that there are women that have to live in fear and the toxicity of of professional wrestling is the fact that, like, we also lost pro wrestling because these people were assholes and they didn't consider anything other than themselves. They didn't consider the actual industry that they're a part of and the fact that, like, what they do will affect that. So think of all the things we've lost because... I hope they don't come back. Like, after all these things are proved back, like, I don't want to see them. But at the same time, like, talent will be lost because the talent was a horrible, horrible person. It's like any band you support for years that you then find out the lead singer was a douchebag. And you're like, oh, I was looking forward to what they could potentially bring in the future. And you can't because they ruined it. And that's that's where I am. That was where I felt a sense of loss of the future potential of the industry go away. And Star being one of the driving forces behind uh, unionizing wrestling um, and the fact that his terrible, shitty behavior has kneecapped that actual goal for so many other wrestlers. Like you said, Dylan, for his own, like, selfish desires. It's the fact that, like, this could be a setback for unionizing wrestling I mean, it could it could take years for someone else to actually pull it up without being connected to like, well, this is what the last guy who tried to do it did. Yeah, and it's I with me, it's just kind of like a wake up call of uh, I don't want to use this phrase, but like working yourself into a shoot, brother. I think a lot of personalities in professional wrestling because like pro wrestling, I didn't realize this till the other day. 
But the reason why I love pro wrestling is the same reason I love, like, drag. Is the fact that while drag is, like, this ultimate exaggeration of femininity, pro wrestling is the opposite. Is the ultimate exaggeration of masculinity. And there are some great people who have come into this business and have gone sour just because they've got to be the big macho guy. They got to come out and they've got to any problem they have is solved with fighting or with being a man. And so the great wrestlers that I look up to now are very important because they they know this is just a show. I don't have to be an ultra macho asshole outside of the ring. It is just a character yeah. I play. Because that's how that's how they were. Like this is golden age wrestlers. That was not um like it, it was not an over the top thing for them. That was who they were. And that was why when they turned it up to 11 it seemed so absurd. Cuz you you've got that guys that were just huge assholes like and the the big 3 uh, like Macho Man, like uh, Hulk Hogan, um, Ultimate uh, Warrior, 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 oh, yeah. Um, like they all, that was who they were behind the scenes too. But now it's turned into an actual show where a lot of the people in professional wrestling, like they turn it on. This is a performance, and they get that it has its roots in the stereotype comes from somewhere basically the the most yeah. disappointing thing is that <clears throat> like from old school people talking about like the way locker you would you would started to think that we had gotten better it had gotten better pro wrestling was at a much better place and that these people it was like it had weeded itself out over time and to find out that so many prominent People, people that you like, you know, and had been champions in like major promotions across independent wrestling in Britain, like that, like that was just like, yeah. I mean, with me, it was just uh, that's kind of why I love characters so much, and why I think the WWE of doing things in certain ways is really dangerous. Because I remember, I think it might have been Jericho's book or something like that, and he goes, "When I'm out of this ring." I I still have to turn it on. When I'm out of this ring, if a kid comes up to me and I'm a heel and he asks for an autograph, I say no and I walk away and I'm like, actors don't do that. If an actor comes out and play, that's why I love Edge so much. Edge firmly knows Edge is a character. Adam Copeland is a human being. When I am done acting, I'm going to be Adam and you can come up and talk to me about whatever. It's per- That's why I love characters like, you know, Danhausen ain't walking around his house talking about being very evil constantly. He's just a nice I don't dude. know, man. <laughs> I really don't with that guy. There is a 50-50 shot. All I'm saying is like... I- Look, Scotty, I know you had your thing about actors, but look, Amelia Clark really does just burn down cities with her big dragon um, half the time. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure Warhorse walks around his house constantly like, fuck yeah, metal, let's go! <laughs> and- so... So fortunately, oh, you know I bet Xavier Woods loves anime and video games in real life. What a fucking no, nerd! Wait, don't go, don't go too far. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so anyway, other professional wrestling happened as well. Fortunately, uh, so we can move away from this, this terribleness. And we will. We've got some nuggets tonight. <laughs> I wish it you was could the use the greatest show. Fuck you. 
the, uh, the shocking really because i think last week someone in ch- it might have been fma in chat joked oh they're using that song from the greatest showman to promote uh the fucking match and i said that's ridiculous there's no way and then backlash started and i said oh no they actually did it they're actually using this song for this it's like oh this here we, it's 2020 wwe is using a panic at the disco song for their pay-per-view. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad Brendan Urie's getting paid, but still. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Not like this. So, I've never felt more blessed to get to go drink and smoke a cigar with my buddy than when I realized, oh, it helped me miss a majority of Backlash. Because <laughs> we got in for the one shining bright moment of the show, but then we immediately got relegated to watching... I I won't say Edge Orton was bad. It was not a bad match. No. I, I Hold on. To go back a little bit, we missed over half of Backlash because when the, when the show started, Scotty was like, ah, oh, this isn't a match that we really want to see. You want to go out and smoke a cigar? Like, yeah, let's do it. And it took so long to get those cigars done that by the time we came back, we'd missed the terrible matches. Yeah, I remember, like, we'd lean in the door, Braun pinned him, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I literally opened the door as the finish of that match happened. I was very, but, like, Edge Orton. Okay, here we go. And apparently they did a lot of work. And they, apparently Edge did uh, something and said, I poured my heart and soul into this. But at the end of the day, if you describe any great wrestling match, you will describe Edge Orton. And they Edge, were trading finishers. He got, he got uh, his injury occurred during like one of their reshoots. Yeah, not during the initial match. They just kept pushing him, and, uh, and so now Edge is gone for the rest of the year because 2020 is a cruel god and will leave us no peace. Yes. The Japanese wrestlers are still here. Thank yeah. you, Japan. The New Japan Cup is happening. It's nice. Hey, Dylan, yeah. I mean, we talked about this. You were there for it, kind of. But, like, after we watched the greatest wrestling match of all time and Backlash was over, Scotty wanted to get the taste out of our mouth, and we did watch the Kenny Omega, Okada, <laughs> Dominion, two out of three falls match from 2018. So and good. It was. it was so good. I watched but, that uh, shit live. Yeah, the, it was the greatest the, thing ever. The, the only thing I will give Edge and Orton is they probably have the most chilling open of any fucking match ever, which is the old school MSG mics get lowered and you hear Howard Finkel's voice announce them both. And I went, oh, they're not fucking around. Okay. And then the match happened and it was like, okay, chain wrestling. Okay. Trade finishers. Okay. Steel finishers from other wrestlers. It was literally, I jokingly before this sent you guys a link and said, I'm watching the greatest match ever. And I sent you a link to Grado versus Madman Manson. And I think, I don't think it was progress. I can't remember where that no, was. It was. It was. Okay. And it, is literally this match just done in a comedy sense. It's They do all the exact same spots, including my least favorite spot of all time, which is the double down, where they both run at each other and both try for a crossbody. Even though 
Neither of them ever use a crossbody. It's the same issue I have with the 619. No one ever falls on that rope unless they're fighting Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Oh, fu- I heard so much about that double fucking crossbody last week. That was, listen, I get it. I was very drunk at this point of the night, but even still, it was... It was a rough, and, and the finish was very, very fast as well. Like, and it might have been because I was drunk, but it did feel like, okay, Edge is down, and fuck, oh, he got kicked in the head. Yeah, it's over, it's all over, it's all over. And, and now like, Christian's back for some reason. I wouldn't, now shut up, I'm going to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> I The thing that got me about it was just, I don't even know how to parse it, because it's like, when the match started, if the match was half as long as it actually was and still had most of the stuff that was in it, it would have been so much better. And, I mean, everybody came out afterwards and they were saying, like, they loved this match. Like, a lot of people enjoying this match. And I don't want to take that away from them. It's just that with I'm told that this is the greatest wrestling match of all time. That is what I expect. And I didn't get it, so my expectations were not met. So... That's just where you got left at, at the end of that show. They shot themselves in the foot so hard. Because, like, if that was just the main, and they did not say, this is the greatest fucking matchup, this is the greatest show, it would have been like, oh, this is fine. This is actually a very serviceable, good match. If they didn't push it for the entire pay-per-view, if they didn't say it's the greatest, if they just left it, like, last week when they were tweeting it out, I would have probably forgotten about it by the time that match happened. But it didn't. Yeah, and now even even on their shows, like CM Punk is coming out and saying, I've seen better Edge matches. I've seen better Randy Orton matches. <laughs> it was an all it was a serviceable match. It was perfectly fine, but like I mean it don't came out to the this. point where where Christian was like, I've had a better match with Randy than that. I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just watching you over there. No, fuck you. I tried literally five times to talk during year two's rant. This is all getting cut. Well, to be fair, we watched the match. Uh, But, go. (laughs) So you're saying that WWE is in trouble, 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 trouble. Oh! I'm trying to put that in there for fucking two minutes while you two rant. Long like a goddamn John Cena match. <laughs> uh, or like, like the, the greatest wrestling match, match of all time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Copy. Copy. Uh E C three back in TNA. Yes. It's gonna be great. Oh. They, they they punked it. It was it was real low. You saw Musa's reaction, and I've never been more hyped. Because I wasn't that hyped for EC3 when EC3 was in TNA. But that was because it was the dark days. But like he looks refocused. You see all those promos of him. He cut his hair so he doesn't have this weird, like, Polly Shore haircut anymore. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. He looks like a genuine sociopath. Yeah. My only, like, sad th- thought about it is that he won't have Rockstar Spud to beat the absolute shit out of anymore. That's fine. There are other people now. There's that there's that one there's that one dude that's like the eighties personified and he wears his like singlet weird shit. <laughs> oh, what's his name? I know. You know exactly yeah. who I'm talking about. He's gonna beat the shit out of that <laughs> like guy. Like we all know. 
The guy who I believe I went to an indie show around here and they go, we have a former WWE talent. He was on ECW, WCW. And then that guy came out and I said, well, he was there, I guess. But like, not really. Like, it doesn't count. Yeah. Cup of coffee in the big time. That's just like Uh. saying, yeah, we've got a former uh, WWE guy coming to our show tonight and it's a former he this guy was in wwe i hope you would like to see the return of scotty goldman morda no that'd be fucking baller no mordecai is the correct Mordecai. answer you have right god now. or the the yeti kevin thorne is fine um it's the same person no speaking of 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 uh of, of kevin thorne let's talk about vampires no 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 Speaking of speaking of wrestling and disappointment, uh, Gabe Sapolsky finally gave WrestleMania refunds, and he's apparently a real big asshole from what I've seen. Uh, really? Tell me something I haven't known for the last six years since I got back into wrestling. Everybody was like, "So," <laughs> I, I was like, I was reading through, and it was like, "What did this guy?" Do? Apparently, he was just a, an asshole. Left ROH and continued to be an asshole. He's and like, he went to evolve. And- I when I first heard about Gabe in any like real manner was when Paul on the Paul Heyman documentary when he was like, "Gabe is like the new Paul Heyman. He is my my second. I was like, "Oh, Gabe's probably awesome." Until I realized, "Oh yeah, he is the next Paul Heyman. <laughs> he just steals your money, but just the bad parts of Paul Heyman. Paul got rid of." <laughs> None of the creative, not a good talker, no one's loyal, no one's saying they're a Gabe Sapolsky guy. Yeah, and um, apparently Effie called him out. I don't have the tweet, but Effie, oh man, I fucking love Effie calling people out on Twitter. And so they got into a back and forth. Gabe is now, like, private. He does not let anybody in on his Twitter anymore. And uh, he tweeted something saying, oh, Evolve hats are only $10 now. Make sure to ironically wear them to GCW, AEW, WWE, wherever, whatever show Effie's on. It was very good. I I I didn't know what Gabe Sapolsky looked like, so I decided to look him up. Oh, it's not and pretty. Yeah, like, have you ever seen a... He's got a perfect punchable face. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. And for some reason, in his top image searches... Kenny Omega's just there. Yeah. In my head, I was going like, for a moment, I went like, oh, wait, there is one guy who survived Brit Rest. Osprey. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. Osprey was blacklisted like two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) He's He's just so talented that he continues to somehow make it through. God. Zack Sabre Jr. You literally just have Zack Sabre Jr. Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what? If anybody could wrestle a match with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Let's see. Oh, sticking with uh, WWE. Hey, guys, I fucking loved Christian. Could you not have him come back and punk him out in one night and have him wrestle in a black sweatshirt and black sweatpants? Because it's the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. Now, okay, I will say. This was, and we're stepping, we're stepping, we're stepping on some of my territory here, so. Okay. I will say, um. As you wear your kill switch shirt. <laughs> flip the switch. A, yeah, wearing that all black that Christian was wearing, because we have the same attire. Um, 
if I was challenged at that very last moment to have one more match, and I would just came in in my street clothes, I, you wouldn't want to see me stripped down to my undies. <laughs> I I will admit, I, I will admit, like, your beard is neckier than Christian's, but other than that... Surprisingly, it doesn't go as far down, but it gets a little bit of the neck. It gets enough of it that it's not great. I need to shave. Other than that, you guys are almost identical. <laughs> yeah, you are a creepy little bastard. Thank you. Also, uh, speaking I, of creepy, yep. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. You're going to continue on this because they just kind of punked Christian. No, out no, no. One I night. was just very. Actually, ironically, they did very much punk Christian out because then on the next episode of WWE backstage, he got he had to be replaced by CM Punk. So very literally, <laughs> but uh, CM Punk was. I'm glad we're 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 just taking things from my heel of the week. So if y'all want to, no, no, no. I, I we're going to stop, but, but we are going to talk about my happiness that. At least me and you, Blake, have the same mindset of Fox officials, because the, <laughs> the East Coast version of SmackDown that we were forced to watch did have to have the exact same line from Shawn Michaels versus uh, Vince McMahon. It's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Pissed in the face. Apparently, when it got to the West Coast, Fox was like, absolutely the fuck not, and then cut it before it happened. God. You know what? That's the first thing that I can say, like, I respect Fox for in the same sentence that, uh, that I've come up with in a while. Also, that might have been my second favorite thing during Backlash was the recap of the Seamus Jeff Hardy angle. Because they tried to God. make that they tried to make that piss throw so intense, so like piss in the face, and you just hear Bruh! like a fucking <laughs> Hans Zimmer scored this piss throw. Fucking leader of piss that Jeff Hardy somehow miraculously conjured from the ether. That was as that was as yellow as apple juice. So he's uh, he was both as dehydrated as hell, but he's been holding it in for the last twenty four hours to get this good piss test, just so he could throw it in Sheamus's face. And unlike a normal human who would go, "Oh, you just threw piss in my face," I'm going to punch you. Sheamus just said. Oh no, there's piss on me. My one weakness. No. Oh God, it's in me beard. Oh, my beard. Oh, fucking hell. I hate WWE. So I wanted to talk about Abaddon's creepy gimmick, but like you've really ruined that with your piss talk. I can't really transition this. We've got like two more WWE stories and then we can go crazy on Abaddon because I've already fell in love with her. She's great. Uh, that You have a very geez. specific fetish then. <laughs> No, no, no! It's it's straight up just like that. You can I I like you, but you stay over there. Don't come near me. Um, yeah, apparently someone and uh, the internet has already sleuthed it out that it's probably either one of the revival or one of the Bludgeon Brothers has come out as a part of a lawsuit against WWE for the Crown Jewel incident. And I'm just happy we get closure, because the most we had before this was Heath, was Heath Slater being like, I fell asleep on the fucking plane, man. I don't remember nothing. I don't remember nothing. It's, 
You, yeah, we got a lot of people saying some stuff, and now it's all going to come out to light. Yeah. And then Hulk Hogan's going to come and ruin it with his testimony against, and he's going to start <laughs> talking about steroids, w- and no w- one's going to- WWE, the judge is about to be like, WWE, guilty, but you hear, dun, 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 and he comes out at the last minute. Yeah, but they came out, and they were like, we went, and apparently the pilot and everybody was very nervous. We started to walk out, and there were like armed guards dressed in all black, and apparently we were hostages. <laughs> Just all of a sudden, we became hostages. Oh, boy. Yeah. Is there... I think there's one more. Oh, yeah, AJ Styles being a little fuckhead, but we can talk about AEW if we want. Can we please? Yeah. yeah. Other <laughs> we've, just we've, Let's just say one last thing. AJ's a baby! AJ is a baby, and if someone makes fun of him for being a flat earther, he'll get mad and go to SmackDown. Fuck you guys, I lost my best friends and now you're making me fucking talk about flat earthers. Fuck you. I'm AJ Styles. Okay, but for real, though, it was Randy that did it, right? <laughs> it had to be. They it were- had to be. You 100% guessed that correctly. Well done. They were like, the locker room would talk about him. I'm like, Randy would talk about him is talk what it was. To his face, more than likely, (laughs) on a weekly basis. Abso-fucking-lutely. God, I love you. Randy Orton ran out of fucks in 2012, so. Yeah, and now we're reaching the fun part where he's like, oh, wait, I can have fun with this and just fuck with people? Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, no. FMA says there's a WWE wrestler who thinks the pandemic is a work. Uh, Firstly, I hope you know who it is. Secondly, that does remind me of the only other WWE news, which revealed that they had not tested for COVID yet. (laughs) They were like, no, it's fine. And and they interviewed H, and H was like, we just, hey, we just thought the test wasn't reliable. We just thought it wasn't reliable. Fucking tripped. Are you not going to talk about Dylan? Do you want to talk about Triple H's defense against COVID? Like a holy sword that slices through the virus. I loved MVP, though. MVP was like, got tested for COVID today. Tested negative, boy. I'm like, that's very good. It's very good. That's very, that's very on brand. That's very on brand. Meanwhile, AEW has everybody do every test and has since they were able to do a show. Yeah, exactly. Because Tony Khan is a responsible business owner. Oh, I'm slowly loving Tony Khan, especially on Twitter. Because if anybody has any issue with any of the storytelling, Tony Khan is in the comments ready to fuck them up. Like, Hangman, uh, I think Hangman said, hey, um, weren't we supposed to fight the best friends? Why are we fighting these people? And Tony jumped in the comments and was like, oh, you're fighting them at Fighter Fest, but until then, you have to defend against other people. Like, he explained it all. It was very good. It's like, I still oh. love, I still love Chuck, Chuck Taylor's tweet of like, this week, we fight the, the lead singer of Fozzie and Juventud Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
did he say like last week the lead singer of Fozzie punched my friend, so we're fighting him now? <laughs> yeah, and who took her? And then he's like, oh, also another the team of the other Dustin and my and my middle school gym teacher <laughs> wrestling the tag team champions. And there has never been a more accurate description of QT Marshall in the entire time I have been watching him. Oh God, Chuck Taylor. He is your show off gym teacher. That's exactly. He's got the dad bod. He lost his ass in Vegas. It's yeah. He thinks a, a blonde hot woman is hitting on him, so he'll give her everything. Yeah. I hated. They had a tag match. Yeah. On dark, I skipped all of it. I could not. I hate that angle so much. I hate that trope. So much yeah. that I purposely am skipping everything about it. See, with me, it if I knew Allie was single, I'd be like, this is fine. This is a perfectly serviceable way to put her on TV and like get her up there. But because we're not dumb and we know for a fact that she's with fucking Braxton Sutter, the other BS, we're like, no, why is this fucking happening? No. Yep. That's the that's the thing about weird romance angles nowadays. Like you you, you know too much. By the way, did you 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 saw the uh, you saw Butcher and the Blade dressed in their all white outfits, right? <laughs> Where the Butcher looked like a fucking dock worker in like an old an old World War Two movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god that shit was great like outside of the ring like just watching matches because butcher is dressed like a normal person but for what for him what a normal person looks like is the owner of a comic book shop that's definitely failing but he'll never admit it like that's what he looks like (laughs) uh anyway speaking of aew they hired the scariest woman in professional wrestling uh, or the scariest looking woman scariest uh, person. yes sir scariest person in professional wrestling I don't know if there's a single individual scarier than Abaddon because usually if there's a spooky character like rosemary they'll be like I'm spooky but also a little sexy Abaddon's like nah I got blood shooting out my eyes right now and I would eat this woman's arm if allowed I mean Abaddon sees his I'm a literal zombie, y'all. Yeah, yeah living, she takes eye. living. She takes living dead girl very seriously. By the way, her makeup is amazing because she is an attractive woman. Oh, really? If you look up pictures of her, she's attractive. The key is that she completely gets rid of her eyebrows. Yeah, I noticed that too. And the in yeah. the contours, so like her face enters uncanny valley, and then with the red and the blading and stuff. Man, that valley is uncanny as fuck, because I'm just watching stills of her, and I didn't... Oh, fuck, man. Her first match, the reason I knew she was going to come back is her first match was very well-received by by Kenny and all of that. But, like, the the reaction of Sheeta, like, Sheeta, Sheeta reacted like she was seeing one of those, like, fucking Japanese horror, like, legends. Oh, yeah. Had come into the ring. She left, and she was just like, what... The fuck was that? And like just backing away. This is why Sheeta is one of my favorites because her reactions are always on point. A lot of Japanese wrestlers are really good with reactions. Yeah. If you've ever noticed. 
Um, My favorite part of that match, though, was the fact that for the previous week, they're like, Anna Jay, Anna Jay's coming back. Anna Jay's going to be in action. Bet you guys can't wait to see Anna Jay. Then she gets beaten like a fucking minute by a demon, a literal human demon come to Earth, beat the shit out of her. To be fair, that's a great way to get rid of her shit gimmick is her being picked up by the Dark Order. Yeah. Oh, her gimmick of... I'm, as much as I I'm, like Satana Light. Yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the only thing I would change about Abaddon is the finisher. Because for a spooky person, like, you gotta do something violent. Meanwhile, she does like a Hurricane Rana spike DDT kind of thing, and I'm like... It's it's too much. It just ain't gonna work. Ain't gonna work. Do something where you try to pry they'll, someone's they'll, arms they'll off. They'll work on it. They'll work on it. They worked on everybody else's. Yeah, they work on yeah, everything. You just have her break someone's neck. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, give her the fucking Bray Wyatt fiend neck snap, but make it the fucking finish. <laughs> like just pin it. I mean, honestly, if she did. A cross, like a, a cross body to a kneeling opponent from the back, that'd probably do it. Yeah, that would Ooh. that would actually be pretty cool. Cool, that's fun. Because she's because she's short and squat enough that you would buy that that amount of momentum would fuck somebody up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe I don't know how safe it would be to take. That's the only thing I worry about. But it's a it's a kneeling to flat bump. I feel like if you're like like this, you can. You can, like, yeah. pop up just enough to... Honestly, like, and it, I think it's just because it's one of my favorite moves, the fucking Super Dragon Curb Stomp, where the arms are twisted back and then you slam them in. Ooh. I know, because, uh... Uh... Candace is already doing that. Oh, yeah. Some of the time. Yeah, she took uh, that. The, the real Curb Stomp? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy. I know I was a shit talker about Candace and Johnny turning, but man, they have proved me wrong. They have proved me wrong so quickly. Like, the, just the... I assume you already... I, I assume you bought the Poison Pixie shirt the day it came out. Oh, it's on the way. <laughs> it's on the way. Don't worry. But, like, last week when they had the mixed tag, and at the end, Johnny's got Candace in his arms, he's like, we won! And Candace is just passed the fuck out in his arms, <laughs> wiggling about. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also just because FMA, I think it was FMA, kept bringing it up. Man, that Robert Stone storyline's getting dark. That Robert Stone storyline where he just vomited in the ring, and that was the finish of the match. It's getting a little bit too much for me. Yeah, I'm sad that Zia Lee had uh, had to lose because, I, like, I feel like she's in that next crop of NXT talent that can like hold up the division. Yeah, and she, no, she ain't getting a shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, she could be like easily getting a great feud with like EO. Those two would do some amazing shit. But nah, she could, she could be at a she could be at a Bianca level. I feel like she could nah, get I to a Bianca level. I was literally about to say Bianca. She is f- very much at the Bianca level for me. Anyway, uh, also the Dark Order is uh, is fucking rad now that Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson are back. Also, Evil Uno lost like another thirty pounds. Oh yeah, he's looking good. He's he's like he's thin the hell out, and I was like, "Aren't you the same dude that was shirtless <laughs> like the first time I saw you?" And you had the I do miss the 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 gimp minions that formed a chair. I do miss that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now they're just all they all have numbers, and they're used as the job squad for whenever W or AEW needs someone to fight. 
To be fair, like, it's a decent roster. I mean, granted, the Beaver Boys are still treated like, you know, schmucks, but to be fair, they look like schmucks. Yeah. Unless you know that John Silver is the strongest midget on Earth. <laughs> I was about to bring that fucking shit up because I watched that Brian Cage match of him versus Silver, and I was like, oh Where my god. Where he does Brian Cage moves? <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I've, I've been out of the conversation for the last two minutes for some reason, but I just noticed that Tibbs has been going crazy in chat talking about D&D. I didn't think about this, but yeah, FMA brings up that Asuka can't do the green mist because of COVID. I was like, well, she ain't, she ain't doing it. Oh, probably because she's breathing on someone very fast. Hey, that makes sense, though. That does make sense, yes. But Robert Stone can vomit in a ring, and it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's okay. I don't think it's real vomit, so you're okay. They're stepping in it. There's no skin-to-skin -skin contact. The minute he vomits on someone, then you petition. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to petition everybody out there to go to patreon.com slash a load of BS, the website where you can support the Fight Boys, where you get access to Wrestling History X, the show where we take deep dives into some of our favorite moments in pro wrestling history. It's genuinely my favorite show I've ever worked on. I love telling the stories of some of the greatest moments in wrestling history, like CM Punk in the Summer of Punk, like Kenny Omega's Junior Heavyweight Run, and Blake is maybe working on Daniel Bryan. I don't know. I had to remind him a couple days ago i forgot again you forgot how i just fucking told you i it'll be fine i can do it and it'll totally be there if you want it at patreon.com slash load of bs who we tweeting this week you should tweet at ricky starks and let him know that despite looking like freddie prince jr he had a good match I didn't want, I'm a little salty about that though, because everyone was talking about war, like Warhorse had a full on campaign of trying his best to get Cody to fight him and then nothing came of it. So I was like, because it'll probably be how he debuts at this point. Uh, someone did say tweet Cody and tell him to fight Warhorse, but yeah, we can do R Ricky. To be fair, Simon Miller made a great case to be fucking Sean Spears' tag team partner and nothing came of it, so... Well, nothing came of Sean Spears having a tag team partner. That was the issue with that. And that also be mostly because, you know, that whole... That whole... You remember that whole coronavirus thing? Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Now he has a weird black glove. Yep. And a thousand-yard stare when he puts the sharpshooter on people. Well, no, no, now when he and Seth Rollins get near each other, they can do the fusion dance, and the two gloves allow them to merge into one person. <laughs> they become the they become the perfect messiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, this is the first time that I've gotten back before the, <laughs> the watch segment yeah. ends. While I do this, can you guys get into your heels of the week? Uh, sure. I'll, I'll go first. So, WWE, and you guys have talked about it, and like we've all talked about it, has this terrible habit of wanting to protect certain wrestlers for no fucking discernible reason. Um, mm. One of the main people is Charlotte. Yep. Uh, the newest person, for no goddamn reason, is Nia Jax. Mm -hmm. Who... They have sacrificed Asuka's integrity for via count-out and quick roll-up. 
rather than just like before having her knock a bitch <laughs> out. Yeah. And I know it's so they can have her drop the the strap to Charlotte. I will bet you money right now that by the next pay-per-view that's the match. I will put $20 on the table. Like, yeah, you don't want to take that, do you? I mean, you don't want to take that. No, 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 not even not even joking. I almost brought Charlotte as my heel of the week because she did an interview and I hate Charlotte's another one of those people that it's like even though I'm not in the ring I'm still gonna be the character of Charlotte Flair. And so people are talking about like, oh, Charlotte's entitled. And she goes, I'm here working every week. I wrestle every week. Why don't we talk about Sasha Banks coming back from injury and then suddenly getting a title shot? Or uh, Asuka coming back out of nowhere and getting a title shot. They're not, I'm not entitled. They're entitled. And I'm like, fuck you. Fuck. That's the reason we don't like, we see you all the time. John Cena syndrome. Go off, record something. Be a human being. Um, go be in a movie. FMA does bring up. Go suck at being in a FMA movie. FMA brings up that you Charlotte the, is getting you... a title match with Oscar next week. Mm, all right, so Oscar's reign is going to be short <laughs> uh, because Bruce Pritchard is there. I'm going to be well, on suicide it's watch. A shit show. This is the worst God. show. Oh fuck! It, it, the fact that yeah, no, we can't. Nia Jax doesn't deserve it. Charlotte yep. doesn't. There are other people. There are other people on Raw, right? Like she could face like fucking Liv Morgan, or she could face like even fuck Natalia. Even yeah, you could you could bring up a random person from NXT to like fucking. You could bring up Zia Lee for like a one off or Casey, whatever her name is, to like showcase because you know oscar would put him put him over pretty good like oscar has no has no ego when it comes to that no no, she's no we great. gotta we gotta we gotta cycle through the same four motherfuckers for this division yeah. um well ba- this is the same show <laughs> back to uh back to naya Someone did have some words to say, and sorry, guys, I, I I don't know what just happened. Are you so, guys, ha- are- Blake? If we both just like left right now, no, 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 it's it's okay. It should be fine. It's dun 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 dun. Dun 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 dun. Do you, do you hear the sad? No, no. You're gonna want to hear this. You're gonna want to hear this because this. Okay. What's... Welcome to the final episode of Talking Back, the Ryback response. Don't lie to me. I'm not. I'm <laughs> Don't not. Because, fucking like, lie to me. Ryback for a while. He'll say some outrageous shit in a month, and you'll be like, guys, no, I gotta bring because, it back. Like, this makes it fun, and I don't want to give him the glory anymore, because I've realized he is a big dick, and he was mean to one of my friends, and so I don't want to give him the glory anymore. So it was only after he was mean to somebody. Yeah, well, well, firstly, the relation to this is the fact that he was like, when I was there, I would get, I'd, <laughs> basically, I'd hurt people, but then WWE, all, all the fans would be like, oh, he, he's dangerous. That's why you're dumb as fuck, fuck remember? It's... Oh, Ryback, are you saying that she's dumb as fuck? 
And so he was talking about the buckle bob spot. He's like, I saw that spot. I could take that spot a hundred times and not get injured. And I'm like, that's not the fuck. You're also a grown ass man. Yeah. Yeah. You're also lying because you can't have any control over where you land in a buckle bomb spot. So it's all on the person who's giving the spot. Yeah. Uh, Well, what he did that made me mad and poised the end of talking back, he blocked uh, Eric Stevens on Twitter after Eric tweeted at him, and he goes, the big guy, more like the big snowflake, at which point my good friend Mark Adam Haggerty, and I will call him out, and I don't even know if he'll let me call him a good friend, but I love him a lot, and you guys should go purchase his seminars. He's a good man. He goes, a few years ago, I produced a podcast with Ryback and Pat Buck, uh, Living the Dream. The two had a falling out, parted ways, and when I refused to continue producing Ryback's show, because Pat's awesome and Ryback is a nutcase who changed his name to Ryback, he started sending me very angry messages. Then at an event, he found me and sat at a merch table next to me all night making vague threats and talking shit about me to other people without looking at me. Like, damn, they'll let anybody in the business nowadays, huh? Fuck that bald, irrelevant, secret reading loser. No respect to bald people, you know I love you. <laughs> Secret reading loser. Alright. Yes. So I assume that was your heel of the week then. That no, could have been. No, that was, oh, okay. You just, real- you just you just you just dig it into my time. You just dig it into my time. Okay. No 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 that's cool. What's what's your what's what's your heel of the week, Scotty? I'll be honest, I don't even fucking remember at this point. Let me go back. Oh yeah. Uh like I, I think I said it off off mic earlier but like the only wrestling i've watched this week outside of the fucking greatest show and kenny omega versus kazuchika okada was the end of aew and i just want to fucking call out their commentary team and i guess this might have been a tony khan decision but hey we all know trent's a good wrestler and we all know trent's great don't actively on commentary keep talking about how good Trent is and never talk about Chuck Taylor. They were like, oh, Trent, you could call Trent the verif- the the leader of the best friends. I'm like, firstly, this is an autonomous collective. All members have a say in the best friends. And then they're like, oh, Trent is the true wrestler. And I'm like, fucking Stop! Look, just because Chuck is the kind of guy that's just really chill and willing to go along with stuff doesn't make Trent the leader. That's the thing, is that Trent is the one that's really chill and willing to go along with things, and from everything I, I've I've seen, especially from like their show and everything, Chuck is the fucking leader of the best friends. That's actually yeah. true. Yeah, you've got it. Yeah. Really. If you watch their interviews, Chuck Taylor's the one that is cognitively present during those interviews while he's looking at, at Trent. Like, yeah, you say something now, and Trent doesn't. He's just like, re- he like smiles. He's like, really, dude? You've been in the business a decade. Yeah. Uh, now he they did they did they did give him props throughout that, and they gave him props in the other matches. But I think it was one of those things where, like, Trent was taking a fuckload of punishment towards the end of that, and like that was deserved. Yeah. And, like, they, they sprinkled it in there. But I'm pretty sure during uh, and, the... And FMA says JR kept calling Allie a Jezebel, so that's quite something. But it does remind me of my favorite call from AEW. Is he which wrong, came though? From... He's not. But it my favorite call came from when fucking Abaddon was wrestling and Tony Schiavone goes... 
I've just received a message from Dr. Britt Baker, and it reads, this broad needs to find Jesus. <laughs> it was the best delivery of Jesus any line on commentary Christ. ever from Tony Schiavone. I do like, I do oh. like how, I do like how JR was talking to Tony. He's like, we've seen a lot of things. We have never seen anything like this. <laughs> yeah. Not ever. Exactly. Oh, but yeah, that it just irked me because I don't like any time in a tag team that you don't talk about both members equally or refer to one as a leader of the trio. trio. But yeah, yeah. Or especially in a just a tag team like a tag team named the best friends. There's never normally a leader when you're talking about your best friend. Well, I feel like I, I'm the leader of you, Blake. Listen, I feel like I'm your leader. And I feel like you're full of shit sometimes. But you know what? <laughs> Listen, we both know it's because they're going to break that team up and Trent's going to go, like, TNT, challenge the world title. Like, we both know. They have been, everybody's been higher on Trent than Chuck Taylor since, like, three years. Well, no, since Trent was in New Japan. And Trent was getting those good matches with Rocky, like, won all those times. Like, people have been, meanwhile, meanwhile, Chuck has just slowly been a competent, like... Above average, and he just, he's not a body guy at all. He's built like a melting candle. candle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so is Christopher he, Daniels. He's a, he's oh, a yeah, Twitter yeah. guy, is what he is. He's a Twitter guy. All right, Blake, who who oh. that heel? Who that heel? Who that heel? You don't want to talk about your personal heel? Man, my personal heel is just fucking bourbon, like... Like Blake said, I was at a point where I was watching Kenny Omega versus Okada, one of the greatest matches of all time, and I was just relegated to screaming V-Trigger over and over again. And, <laughs> and I woke up in pain. <laughs> okay. My heel of the week is, um... Okay, before I start, I'm gonna I'm putting my kayfabe hat on, because I realized that something inside Christian is broken, and he literally cannot wrestle anymore. So just, like, I'm putting that hat on right now. Okay. But, I'm with you. I've got my, my hat on as well. Yeah. But let me tell you something about this man whose face has turned into a leather bag over the last few years. A man <laughs> by the name of Ric Flair. A man who is just... This motherfucker! This piece of shit. <laughs> Randy Orton comes out and challenges Christian to one more match because Christian is trying to defend his best friend who... Okay, when you do think about it, Edge was the leader of that group of friends. That's, you know what? <laughs> um, I'm willing to concede. Um, but Christian is coming out there. He's going to come out. And he's going to have another fucking barn-burning rager <laughs> against Randy Orton and show the world what the greatest wrestling match ever is going to really be. And you believed this in your heart of hearts. I put the fucking kayfabe hat on, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> you should have listened. Um, Doesn't mean I still can't give you shit. I'm actually currently trying to see when Christian's last match was. 2016. 16? Fucking even. Like, that's that's still a big-ass comeback. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, like, you know, it would have been one more match. Like, Randy challenged him. Edge was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And then all of a sudden... This raggedy Ric Flair comes out. He's just like, no, 
Edge, you can't, or Christian, you can't do that for Edge. You can't do that, bud. It's like, you can't. And then Edge says, no, I'm going to do it. And they get out of the ring, and Christian is just in, like, all black. And Rick comes out again. Like, it's a like, no. like a stage hand. Like a stage hand. Like he's a backstage guy. And Rick comes out again, tries to warn him. And the bell fucking rings. Rick Flair just low blows him. Just ends what could be the greatest match ever. And the referee doesn't DQ Randy Orton. The match hadn't started yet. But then Christian wasn't standing, so the match couldn't have begun that way either. It's the rules, man. Follow the rules. So it just sets Randy up to punt Christian and destroy my dreams. Also, speaking of uh, speaking of rules, I am excited because apparently Aubrey Edwards is like, we're going to make an AEW rule book and put it like public. So that way, if they ever fuck up, we can look and be like, look at the rules, the rules, Aubrey. Oh, it was unsanctioned. Okay, FMA yeah. brings up why it was fine. It was unsanctioned. Okay. Oh, it was unsanctioned because Christian can't wrestle. Yeah, 2014 yeah. was his last match. It was moved to the alumni section in 2015. Okay, Jesus. I see. Although, I, I, want, I do want that rule book to be called The Rules of Aubrey. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, taking off kayfabe hat. Hey, good move, WWE. Taking the oldest human, living human thing in existence, Ric Flair, and putting him in this group of everyone who has not been tested for COVID-19, including fans that no one knew about. <laughs> like, I can't remember who was being interviewed, but they said, yeah, I was just walking to the ring. And then I saw some people and I said, that is not a developmental talent. So, yeah, they just decided to start putting fans back in there. Okay, sure. That's great. I fucking love that. WWE, secondary heel of the week. Uh, Ric Flair's the first, though, because he should not have been there. Um, And also, they did let Randy punt Christian. Like, I don't want... I've taken the kayfabe hat off myself. It's like, really? You you don't want it to be in a match, but you do want to subject him to that one where it could break bad. Okay. Good work, guys. Alright, on to baby faces. I want to start, because I need to talk to you about the only respite I had during WWE Backlash. Hold the on, only, Scotty. The only peace and justice I found. You want to you tag on this one? Yeah, we can tag together, because... Fucking, fucking Street Profits versus Viking Raiders happened. Versus Akira Tozawa and Motorcycle Ninjas. <laughs> now hold on. Like, now don't get ahead of me now, boy. By the way, secondary, secondary babyface for you guys should be the next night on commentary. When there was oh, that yeah. ma- mixed match. And uh, I forget who it was asked... Samoa so how would you how would you take care of ninjas? He was like, so I would try to infiltrate them, take out their central power structure, then never talk about it again for for uh, for legal reasons. <laughs> to avoid no, to avoid legal prosecution, and basically completely shitting on the TNA thing where he was abducted by ninjas. It was great. He said it in such like a such like a quick tone. He's like, ninja fighting. Oh, there's nothing like it. Like Samoa, I need Samoa Joe. And Chris Jericho to be a commentary team just forever. And Excalibur. I need a three-man desk. And that's it. I never I never need to see another person for the rest of my life. 
Absolutely. Also, by the way, Scotty, FMA says that it was friends and relatives of trainees that were in those crowds. He also brings up they didn't have masks. <laughs> so <laughs> They were pressured like, into taking them off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't want to see masks um, in the crowd. But uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> this so, fucking match. Th- we came into this one expecting nothing. Expecting an actual tag team championship match. Well, not even that. Expecting, like, oh, they've done these silly backstage things. So when they cut to backstage, I said, oh, they're going to do another cinematic thing, but have it backstage, and maybe they stumble out to the ring halfway through. Pen happens in the ring. It's over. Nah, dog. Within that first five minutes, fuck it. Was it Eric? Yeah, I think it was Eric grabs a bowling ball and just bowls it straight into Montez's dick. It's so fucking choice. I loved it. Within that first five minutes, we got, like, an outside battle, destroying Bronze Car again, Axe versus Golf Club. Yes. Oh, no, no. By the way, by the way, when they destroyed Bronze Car, instead of continuing to fight, all four of them said, that's Bronze Car. Fuck, let's go, let's go! (laughs) And it cuts to them still fighting after they get inside. And at one point, they're outside and there's like a plate glass window, and one of the Viking Raiders just fucking yeets the other man through the window in the most Looney Tunes bullshit of all time. And at that point, I'm going, this is great. It, It made up for the Adam Cole cinematic match. I was like, oh, good. I think one of the prophets said at that point, did you just break a window? Yeah, exactly. And then me and Blake are like, this is very good. There's no way they could make this better. And then a fucking six ninjas on motorcycles show up. And at that point, we are losing our minds because we're both drunk at this point. Led by Akira Tozawa because he's not doing anything. That was the biggest pop of the night. That was the biggest pop of the night was when the mask came off and we said, It's Chazawa! It's Chazawa! <laughs> so, the guys group up to get, decide, like, we're gonna fight these ninjas together. We are now... is It's the Viking Prophets, right? Is what they... Name themselves. Oh, yeah. And they fucking got, like, an eSports logo <laughs> that yeah. flew up on screen. And they beat those ninjas. They beat them down with the help of the Force and some ham hocks or some shit. I forgot about the Force spot! Where Ivar just holds out his hand and the turkey leg flies into it and he takes a bite (laughs) and then they beat people up. Yep. Yep. And so this That had Mike Tanay's fingerprints all over it. (laughs) So, do you think this epic encounter ends with them handily defeating the ninjas? No. Tozawa brings in his big tall ninja with a sword and he's like, ah, look at this guy. And one of these four dudes who have a shield, a turkey leg, a golf club, and an axe do? They run away. They run away. And then start fighting again. (laughs) On top of a trailer that is 15 feet away from where the ninjas were. Yes. And At that point, we're like, okay, now they'll probably get back in the ring somehow. They'll fight back to the ring. 
nope, they just toss each other into a garbage chute. And I go, okay, this is going to be the ending. The garbage chute will like, get picked up by a garbage truck or something and hauled away. No, nah, what happens fucking- before that? Hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> okay. on. Before that, before that, they're fighting in the garbage pit and the ref comes out and she says, you guys have a match. What are you doing? And then she leaves and they're like, oh shit, we should go do that. And then a fucking sea monster from Southpaw Original Wrestling <laughs> comes in and starts to attack them. Then they leave. Then it just cuts back to commentary where they go, the match isn't happening. And I'm like, good. I didn't want any real wrestling to just happen. <laughs> The the sound like we were both screaming what when they made that announcement because it was so buck wild to show us that it's like the match is not happening. I mean, I'm happy because they did deliver on their promise because that was the greatest show. It was fucking phenomenal. All right, Dylan hasn't talked for a while. Dylan, what's your baby face? Sorry, Dylan. I talked, I talked intermittently. I feel like I should have gone first because my. My baby face is uh, the tag team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss because it's unconventional, yet they clearly have chemistry together. Also, they threw in a, a Trent Acid spot from the uh, the Backseat Boys into their match on Dark. It was and it like it went off flawlessly. Like him and like like Janela and Kiss, they are. Like dead on, I can I can easily see them being contenders by the end of the year. Maybe not winning the belts, but like if there's like a triple tag team ladder match or something, they're gonna be definitely like you know doing something like freaking Sunny Kiss is gonna do the cartwheel spot on somebody on a ladder in the corner, and like it's just gonna be brutal. Also, Sunny Kiss's Sunny Kiss's finisher is is you remember Christy Hemi's finisher from TNA? Where she would just like do the splits onto somebody. Yeah, he yeah. does that. And I, and, it's great. And, and Excalibur and Taz, they're ter- then they're like, oh, the the fortitude to do that move. Where I'm pretty sure Taz wanted to be like, just landed straight on his balls, man, right <laughs> on a guy. Still pinned him. Respect. Respect. Did they show the promo where they got together? Because it's it, it made it make sense. Because it is a weird pairing. But it's Janela getting drunk at a bar, basically saying, I came here, I was in the main event of the second ever AEW pay-per-view, fighting the current champion, and I've done nothing ever since. And it's him complaining. And so he gets drunk, stumbles out onto the streets, and then Sonny just pulls up in a fucking top-down convertible. It's like, get on in, it's okay. And then they start driving away, and 80s music plays. And they're just like in this 80s, like, punk aesthetic. It's so good. Oh, man. That's a that's a dream, Matt. He did get to feud with his ex-girlfriend and her current now fiancé. That had to be real. That uh, <laughs> was real cool, yeah. He did win that match, though. He did win that match. Well, you can't not have him win that match, but at the end of the yes, day... Yes, they can. We all- You've seen WWE. We- you totally can. Remember when, <laughs> remember when Matt Hardy lost to Edge? That oh, I was, that's what I was about to be like. He's like, well, we Matt's kind of something, but Edge is Edge. Edge is Edge. That's that's the best way I've heard it. Oh um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> God damn. Um. 
So if we want to like get to our closing discussion, um, I do want to open that up with my secondary baby face, which is last week's baby face, because the continual heel like or like heel face turn in real life of Randy Orton is fucking baffling to me. Like it is amazing to see. Um, heel, heel in the ring, face sometimes other places. Face, recent face, recent face is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, also, I know he's not a wrestler. Can we talk about the face turn of Kanye? Because that was fucking out of nowhere. It was just all, Kanye was like, they wouldn't talk to me if I wasn't wearing their hat, but I wore the hat and then they talked to me. And I'm like, okay, Kanye, that's cool. I didn't hear about this. I didn't know that's what Kanye, wow, that's surprising. Yeah, it was, like, I think Kanye's ten times smarter. Anyways, pro wrestling? A pro wrestling. Um, Orton, fuck, I had the tweet of Orton just saying, like, listen, when all this was going down, I thought it was just bullshit originally a few years ago, but now I realize what they're protesting. I've had conversations with my, uh, co-workers, uh, who have told me what it's like to be, uh, to be black in America and how, like, terribly you could be treated by the police. I realized that it was, it's just a protest against police brutality. And, like, I'm with you on that one. And for anybody, period, to come out and say it, especially somebody who I think is in real life as, as like, has as big of an ego as Randy Orton, that's a big, that's a big, thing to come out and say randy orton's about to shit in the purse of the police <laughs> he's about to take him out i want to see randy orton go up to a police line at a protest and say hey and just pull his fucking pants down and show him his dick no no, no. i want i want randy i want randy orton to rko out of nowhere some some police officer under the hood of their cop car <laughs> oh shit like the old one-armed one two or three Boom! And then he's like, oh, and then you just, you just see him pull a runner. <laughs> Fucking Roderick Strong <laughs> style. Run the fuck away. Oh. The WWE performance, like all of the NXT stars take to the streets. They just start pulling like, like fucking W, like, like finishers. Cole does a Panama sun, sunrise on some police officer. Oh, I've got the whole quote here. Um, it took me a little time, but... What I had to do was realize Kaepernick, he wasn't shitting on the flag. He wasn't disrespecting the people that have given their lives for freedom. He was taking a stand against police brutality. And he goes on to say, there's another one. Um, I started listening to my black brothers and sisters, especially the ones I've known for years and some more than a decade. I was hearing firsthand accounts of interactions with cops that took advantage of the situation and the power they had because they maybe felt a certain way about the color of someone's skin. That's when a light bulb went off. And I, I think that light bulb moment is what it, like, that is when you talk to people who have been, uh, just, uh, what's the word? M mistreated. Uh, well, mistreated by, uh, people in positions of power. It's like, when you talk to them, you fucking get it. Yeah. That's why I've always, as much of an asshole as CM Punk always was, you can tell he got it. Like, he told, he, 
once told the story of when he and uh, and Kobe, Kobe were driving. Yeah, we're driving through mm-hmm. Missouri, and they got pulled over. And he was like, there were like twelve cop cars, and he was like, he was like, they're gonna plant something on me, and there's no hick. He's like, if you thought the pipe bomb was 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 scathing, the fucking promo I cut on these police officers out in front of their camera. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, I, look. He said Kofi was black. I'm covered in tattoos. Like they're gonna do something. Kofi's got dreads. I look like I make some great meth. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. White. It's me, CM Punk. Yeah. But uh, going back to Randy, I think they're gonna do a Champa match at this point. Cause I know last week we were like they were upset with Randy because Vince doesn't like, hey, don't push you anything that's not gonna happen. Uh Randy said, hey, fuck you, I'm Randall Keith Orton, eat my whole dick, officers of the law. And <laughs> Also, let me show you my dick, Vince McMahon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, dick, and- don't- hey, hey, Vince, don't look on your shoulder. <laughs> uh, let's see, okay, this was- he did an interview with Brent Brookhouse of CBS Sports, and I'm just going to try to read as much as I can. So the leg slap comment was me just having fun, and it got taken a little too seriously. I've got I've been outspoken about that before because I've seen it more and more and more and more with the leg slap. Same with repeating moves. Same with guys using the same move. It's super kick, super kick, super kick, or that running knee. Every time any one of those things happen, you get a big slap to the leg. Now this has nothing to do with the state of Tommaso's physical well being, but there's that style. If you're a talent and you're oh fuck, I immediately lost my spot. If you've made it as far as NXT, which is very close to the top of the mountain and that's the line that i think could spark a very good rivalry between both of them if you think you have to go out there and get power bombed on the apron after neck surgery or if you think you have to go out there and do these dives and flips bell to bell just because the fans want to see a half a dozen near-death experiences i feel sorry for you because you're not going to reap the benefits of what this business offers one of those is longevity i don't know anything about what nxt pay is like but it certainly ain't raw and smackdown pay so now he is going down the seth rollins route uh, i don't know what you get paid like, i don't know what Hey, listen, do you know how many shoulder surgeries I've had paid for by this bad boy? Yeah. I don't know what you get paid for a takeover, but I'm going to go out on a limb and, say, and guess that at WrestleMania, my paycheck was bigger than the takeover guys. Now, I hate when guys talk about my big bank account, Seth, or this or that, and I'm richer than you. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that NXT shouldn't be the goal. Raw or SmackDown should be. Uh, and apparently on Lillian Garcia's podcast a while back, Ciampa said that he would retire if he got moved to Raw or SmackDown because the lighter schedule gave him four more stable years rather than the brutal grind of the main roster. That man's got a little baby, Orton said. It's <laughs> a great fucking line. He got a little baby. Uh just this morning, I watched his documentary on the network that followed him around after neck surgery, and I'll admit, I welled up and got a little tear in my eye when he woke up and his beautiful little daughter was sitting on his lap and he was touching her face and happy to see her and his wife. That's heartwarming. I'd love nothing more than to see Tommaso have a long, healthy career and retire and not need to go learn a new trade or work at the local whatever-the-fuck to make ends meet and put food on the table. I want to see him all succeed. When you're talking about that, making money. It's a business. You gotta make money. 
I would think no matter how much you love NXT, you got to look at the bigger picture. If you don't think you're going to last on the road for Raw and SmackDown, do something about it. Sign a contract that calls for you to only show up at TV. They do NXT and every week, and they do a takeover whenever. They're wrestling about as much as we're wrestling, especially right now. With the future and no one knowing how many shows we're going to be putting on, I think it's a bit of a cop-out to say I can get four years of NXT versus one year of Raw or SmackDown. I think with the kind of hustle he's shown he has, I think he's perfectly capable think he's a big fish in a relatively small pond. Second line that's going to start this rivalry. I don't mean that as a knock, but I want to see him become a big fish in a bigger pond. I'd love to see him under the pressure to have to do something like the greatest wrestling match ever. Great line. Tommaso's got to use that if they do this rivalry. And I'd love to work with him. So, I, I like it because... It's both Randy being genuine Randy, but all like saying like I really like this guy, I like what he can do, but also saying like I'm gonna take a few digs at NXT here. So so Randy Orton in that is the modern day uh Kevin Nash. Um and I don't know if you remember any great matches that Kevin Nash had, because I don't, and neither does anyone else. <laughs> so um but we do remember Kevin. I, I think that's that's the thing. I, I don't know if it's like a, a a work or not. But I do legitimately believe that there are a significant number of people in the main roster and in creative in the main roster that do not understand the idea of quality wrestling. They just understand the idea of like entertainment and long term and make yeah. money. And that's why they're losing. I think there's I think there's a middle of the road here because I think match quality can yes, still Yes, it's called exist. AEW. Yes. Cuz like w- one of my favorite quotes was from Colt Cabana. He was like, "I think I got injured once and I had to go away. And when I came back, I changed up my style." And he go and it was talk- I think he was talking to Joey Ryan. He goes, "The way we wrestle, we can wrestle until we were 75 years old. We can go all the way with the style." So I understand where Randy's coming from somewhat because they do wrestle a brutal, fast, breakneck style in NXT, and I think that might be a higher-up decision. I think that might be an age decision of, like, we gotta keep putting on barn burners, greatest possible matches. But if everybody goes out and tries to have the greatest match, it's all gonna seem the same. You need low spots, you need high spots, certain certain matches only need to be a little bit shorter, stuff like that. Yeah, there's a place for squash matches in wrestling. Don't forget that. The irony the irony is that for the longest time, and even still kind of now, PWG was known as the place where Bursting Group was known as the place where you could catch everything. You could see if you wanted to see a Haas match, they had that on the card. If you wanted to see like tactical wrestling, that was on the card. If you wanted to see fucking like high spots, that was there. WWE took most of that goddamn roster, and they can't pull the same thing. Yeah, it's they find the one that's marketable and market them, and don't worry about building anything up. Like I, if it was not for Tommaso and Johnny coming out and putting on that great of a match, they would not be where they are right now. I think they were gonna, like, hey, you guys go out, do your silly little rivalry match, and then in a few months you'll both be doing nothing. Johnny, you'll be on the main roster losing to Cedric Alexander or some shit like that. Like, that's what would have happened. Meanwhile, if you want to see some great barn burners put on every week in a, on a WWE show, you just watch Shelton Benjamin. 
on main yeah. event. <laughs> exactly. He's so good. Fuck, man. And he, the, he's on main event. Yeah, it, it's rough. Like, I, I understand where Randy's coming from because, like, money is important. But I think that's more of an issue with how they're paying NXT talent more than anything else. Because at this point, the way NXT is presented, if a, a random Joe off the street walks in, they're going to be like, oh, this show is on Fox, big network. That's your biggest show. Raw is three hours. And then this show's in like two hours. These shows are probably going to be a little bit equal, but that one's got better matches. So that's probably an important thing, too. I think they should get paid exactly the same. Because at this point, I've lived in Orlando, Florida, and I've gone to an quote-unquote NXT house show. You're not going to see the big names like Tommaso Ciampa and shit like that on the house shows because they end up doing the same circuits that WWE do, at least when tours happen. They end up going off to Minnesota and New York, go all around the place, but the fact that they're not getting paid as much, that that's an issue that needs to be changed internally. That doesn't need to be the reason why people want to go to Raw or SmackDown. That does remind me that the first NXT house show that I saw was on a stage where, like, it was an auditorium, so all of the seats were facing one way. And all I remember was, like, I went to go see Nakamura, Asuka, and surprisingly enough, that was one of the early Billy Kay shows when she was first debuting. So, oh, yeah. you know what? Give your NXT house shows a shot. I mean the ones in or like in Florida. I'm not referring to the ones that are like elsewhere. Give your NXT house shows a shot. Okay. I think that's it. I think that's uh, it. No, I'm, so I'm, anyway, I'm, Blake, I'm, what did you learn this week? No, I thought Dylan was saying something. Sorry. Yeah, I'm saying wrap this up. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you remember when you remember when you and me were like, "Oh, why was this so much quicker?" And we figured out it was Blake. <laughs> so because your two's episode was an hour forty-five. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm sorry that we have great conversations about wrestling. <laughs> no, you have. You have lengthy, unnecessary conversations about wrestling. And that's what Dylan learned this week. I, le- I also learned that Big Swole is the best. Yes. That's a public Swole announcement. I learned that Abaddon needs Jesus. I learned that I'm the Trent Beretta of the BS. No, you're the Chuck. You're the Chuck. To- Actually, yeah, no, you're the no, Chuck. No, Chuck to- is the leader. Oh, yeah. Then you're, the, you're, the, you're the Trent, yeah. You can okay. just start wearing headbands. And I also learned that you could just eat my ass, Dylan. Hey, where can people find y'all on the for, internet? For suggesting you-, you to wear a headband? No, for telling me that I'm long-winded. How, da- how dare you force me to cover up this hairline, you piece of shit. This <laughs> headband will never go up. I know that it's thinning, damn it! You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network doing all of the shows that I'm on, like uh, Fight Boys or a load of BS or Deviant. Gonna be coming back with that second season soon. Oh, fuck. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, so, Ricky Starks didn't like the tweet from earlier, but Warhorse did. So I feel like that's still a win. <laughs> wait, how? What? Oh, I tagged Warhorse in it. I said, Ricky Starks, congrats, but the only way Cody's dropping that title is when Warhorse comes to rule his ass. 
Uh, <laughs> Dylan, do you want to plug anything? Chuck Taylor's Twitter account, Ricky Stark's Twitter account. Um, go follow Orange Cassidy. There we go. He gets to fight Chris Jericho. <laughs> he will fight Chris. Jericho. We got through this whole show without talking about that. That's fucking buck wild. But we'll talk about that in Shit. the future. But until then, find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo S E O T T Y E M O. Buy all my books on Amazon or get a little preview of them by checking out the BS Book Club and all the other BS Network programs online at a load of pure BS dot com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters. Give Mega Ran all of your support in these times and in all times. He needs it. He deserves it. If, if you like a video game guy that loves wrestling and makes great music, just check out Mega Ran. Yeah, baby. No, I'm still mad at him for not, not actually making music with MF Doom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never let that go. I'll never forgive you. And of course, remember to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash a load of BS. Pick up your Fight Boys merch at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. But if you want to su- support somebody, support the victims that came out today, donate to Rain or donate to your local BLM charities, bail funds. There are a lot of people that need a lot of help right now, and you, we, they need all the support that you can give. So give it, and as always, just keep fighting and as always you can find us at a load of pure bs.com step up to the merch table at merch.aloadofpurebs.com find us on facebook donate to the patreon subscribe on youtube and remember to follow us on twitter at fight boy show warhorse because when you're a fight boy you're a fight boy for life